Thanks to the bravery of our troops, this horrible terrorist leader is no more. The latest leader of ISIS killed by American troops. More U.S. troops headed to Eastern Europe. And here at home, the job market is still on a roll. I'm Paul Brandis in Washington. You're listening to West Wing Reports. It's Friday, February 4th. The Situation Room in the West Wing is really more than one room. It's several rooms, actually, spread out over some 5,000 square feet. It was there in one conference room that President Biden got a taste of what it's like to be commander-in-chief as he watched in real time. American commandos attack a compound in Syria where the leader of ISIS was holed up. That terrorist, Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Kuryashi, is dead. And thanks to the bravery of our troops, this horrible terrorist leader is no more. Our forces carried out the operation with their signature preparation and precision, and I directed the Department of Defense to take every precaution possible to minimize civilian casualties. Knowing that this terrorist had chosen to surround himself with families, including children, we made a choice to pursue a special forces raid at a much greater risk than our, to our own people, rather than targeting him with an airstrike. We made this choice to minimize civilian casualties. Our team is still compiling the report, but we do know that as our troops approach to capture the terrorist, in a final act of desperate cowardness, he, with no regard to the lives of his own family or others in the building, he chose to blow himself up, not just to the vest, but to blow up that third floor rather than face justice for the crimes he has committed, taking several members of his family with him, just as his predecessor did. I'm grateful for the immense courage and skill and determination of our U.S. forces, who skillfully executed this incredibly challenging mission. The members of our military are the solid steel backbone of this nation. The mission in Syria had echoes of a more famous raid 11 years ago that killed Osama bin Laden, the al-Qaeda leader behind the 2001 terror attacks on New York and Washington. Months in the making, a three-story compound in the middle of nowhere, and the American commandos even had a helicopter that malfunctioned. In any case, one less bad guy, and the president says it's, quote, testament to America's reach and capability to take out terrorists anywhere they hide in the world. While all that played out, the president has also been keeping an eye on Russia and Ukraine. He's ordered 3,000 American troops to Eastern Europe to bolster the U.S. and NATO footprint on Russia's doorstep. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin, that's him speaking at his year-end news conference recently, he sounded a bit more conciliatory in recent days, though there's no sign that his 130,000 troops will be pulled back from the Ukrainian border. 
Putin's in Beijing right now, a special guest of Chinese President Xi Jinping. China and Russia are drawn together by their anti-American animosity, and both accuse the U.S. and its allies of fueling instability. As I've said before, China is watching this Ukraine situation closely. Any sense of American weakness could factor into a Chinese decision to move at some point on Taiwan. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Troubles abroad, troubles here at home. One is crime. The pandemic began in early 2020, and that's when violent crime began to rise around the country, gun violence in particular. One huge new problem, so-called ghost guns that can be manufactured at home in private using 3D printers. You can easily turn a handgun into a machine gun in seconds. We haven't seen so many machine guns used in crimes since prohibition. Is that right? That is right. Your average law enforcement officer is not armed with a machine gun. Increasingly, criminals are. That's Thomas Chittam of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. He tells CBS that cops are simply outgunned. Two New York police officers were laid to rest just this week after being killed. President Biden was in New York this week. He says cops need more money, more tools, more everything to fight this crime wave. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to give you the tools, the training, the funding to be partners, to be protectors. He cites new data showing that 316 Americans are shot daily, a third of them killed. Speaking of violence, you know those Trump supporters who attacked the Capitol last year injured some 140 cops and did millions of dollars in damage? Well, the former president says if he were to win the presidency again, he might just pardon them. People who beat police officers, people who wanted to hang Vice President Mike Pence, Trump says he might pardon them. Sidebar, isn't Trump always the guy who calls himself a law and order man? His comments provoking outrage from at least some Republicans, like Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. What we saw here on January the 6th was an effort to prevent the peaceful transfer of power from one administration to another, which had never happened before in our country. 165 people have pleaded guilty to criminal behavior. None of the trials have been finished yet, but 165 have pleaded guilty to criminal behavior. My view is I would not be in favor of 
shortening any of the sentences for any of the people who pleaded guilty to crimes. Of course, there's no love lost between Trump and McConnell these days. The former president has turned on anyone who disagrees with his view that the election was rigged. It was not rigged, and he turns on anyone who criticizes his support for the pro-Trump forces that ransacked the Capitol. By the way, there's a bipartisan effort underway in Congress now to reform the so-called Electoral Count Act, which last year fueled Trump's delusions that the counting of electoral votes from the 50 states could be halted. This is a really big deal. Stay tuned for more on this in the weeks ahead. Well, the U.S. jobs machine rolls on 467,000 jobs added to the economy in January. That's 7.5 million since January 2021. The unemployment rate now 4%. The January data also shows big gains in manufacturing, a very important data point. Own a home, you might be what's known as equity rich, meaning what you owe on your mortgage is less than half the property's value. Lots of folks are in that enviable position now, thanks to the surge in real estate prices that began with the pandemic. A study says as of the end of 2021, two in five properties that still have a mortgage fall into this category. Some folks in pricey markets like New York and California have cashed in, selling and moving to cheaper markets. Other data this week, however, is far from cheerful. Listen to these big numbers, ominous numbers, in fact. First, teachers continue to quit in droves. The Wall Street Journal reporting that 1.3 million workers in the education sector quit between January and November of last year, 1.3 million. The question, who will teach America's children? Also, U.S. diabetes deaths have topped 100,000 for the second year in a row, federal data shows. Some 100 million Americans, 100 million, are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. You know, there are lots of reasons health care costs are soaring in America, and this is one of them. COVID deaths now approaching 1 million as the pandemic enters year three. And finally, 30 trillion with a T. $30 trillion. That's now the size of the federal debt. We could discuss this all day long, but the bottom line here is that the country continues to live beyond its means, well beyond its means. Let's take a look now at another Evergreen podcast that I know you'll enjoy. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. 
Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Time now to open up the West Wing Report's archives and see what made history this week in the past. I spoke earlier of the Electoral College. Well, in 1789, it unanimously chose George Washington to be the first president. The only drama was who would become vice president. That's because in those days, each elector cast two votes. If a person received a vote from a majority of the electors, that person became president and the runner-up became the vice president. Since John Adams was the runner-up in 1789, he became the Veep. This procedure was changed in 1804. The Crimean winter resort of Yalta was the place in the Black Sea area chosen for... Arguably the most momentous diplomatic meeting of the 20th century, the famous Yalta Conference, which began in 1945. Franklin D. Roosevelt, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, and Soviet leader Joseph Stalin, the so-called Big Three in attendance. Yalta-shaped post-World War II Europe, FDR, Churchill, and Stalin agreed to split Germany into four occupied zones, with the U.S., Britain, France, and the Soviets each getting a piece. Germany would also be demilitarized, cleansed of Nazi influence, and its leaders brought to justice in what would become the famous Nuremberg Trials. Stalin also agreed to enter the Pacific War against Japan within 90 days of Germany's defeat. Yalta is today seen as controversial because it helped cement Soviet control over Eastern Europe. Some historians say the Cold War, which was a half-century struggle between the U.S. and the Soviets, began at Yalta. And 2020, after being impeached by the House, President Trump was acquitted by the Senate on charges of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. He wasted no time in taking a victory lap. Never, ever happened to another president, ever. It should never happen again, ever, Trump said. Well, it would happen again exactly a year later to him. After he was accused of inciting the murderous attack on the Capitol, he was acquitted in that trial as well. Want more history? Check out my books on Amazon. I'll sign them for you, too. Just shoot me an email, pbrandis at evergreenpodcasts.com. And need a speaker for your event? I do that, too. Current events, economics, analysis, history. I connect the dots and would love to hear from you. Speaking of books, by the way, I'll send you one if you download my new app. It's called West Wing Reports, available in the Apple and Android stores. Just download it on your phone or tablet. There's a button called What's on Your Mind. All you have to do is push, talk, and send. That's it. Send me any kinds of questions or comments. I'll do my best to answer them in a future show. I like to end each week with a quote, something you might find thoughtful. This week it's from Abraham Lincoln. I don't like that man, Lincoln said. I must get to know him better. Think about it. That's all for this week. Here's my email again, pbrandis at evergreenpodcasts.com. West Wing Reports is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. 
podcasts. Special thanks to C-SPAN and CBS for the audio clips. Our producer and sound designer and engineer, Noah Fouts. Executive producers, Michael D'Aloya and Gerardo Orlando. I'm Paul Brandes in Washington. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.